Welcome to episode number nine of the Engineering Quality Control Podcast, a podcast focused on helping engineering professionals ensure that their projects are of the highest quality. The show will provide strategies and concepts to help ensure that you can address quality control on all of your projects. I'm your host, Brian Wagner, a licensed professional engineer. In this episode of the Engineering Quality Control Podcast, I'll be talking with Sharon Day, a senior associate with GWWO, Inc., Architects, about quality control in the construction phase, and more specifically, about planning in the design phase of the project. We talk about communication and how transitioning from the design to the construction is so important. So let's jump right in. Now I'd like to welcome our guest for today, Sharon Day, Senior Associate at GWWO Architects. Welcome to the Engineering Quality Control Podcast, Sharon. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here, be able to have a conversation about our shared experiences. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. If your life's anything like most engineers and architects' lives over the past couple of years, if anything, we've seen an acceleration in work and demand and not of retrieval, like some of us thought there may be with the whole COVID thing, depending on when you're listening to this episode. But it's great to have an opportunity to share your perspectives with the listeners. So can you share a little bit about your background, about yourself, and what your role generally requires? I'm an architect here at GWWO in Baltimore, Maryland, and I'm one of our construction specialists. So over the years, I've really focused on the construction phase of our projects and uh, doing the construction contract administration. The last couple of years, I've kind of transitioned a little bit to being not necessarily doing all the day-to-day stuff, but trying to oversee pretty much our process and helping each other along in mentoring and answering questions and how you handle CA. But also it allows me some more time to do quality control review of drawings and things like that. And in general, just be a resource to our office, not just during construction, but also during design. I feel like you're one of the first person that people in the process that really starts thinking about the drawings differently than maybe the designer does, because you're starting to look at maybe implementation and how you're actually going to build it or put it on the ground. So as a new project kind of reaches that point, and is getting closer to the finish line or maybe earlier in the project as a resource to those in your office, what are you looking for as you begin looking at a set of drawings? Whether it's during a quality control review or if I was taking this project over into construction, the biggest thing you're looking for, it's like, what's the scope? First, you got to just got to get the general, what are we doing here kind of a thing to get a handle on the, the sheer size and, and scope of things. But then also you're trying to really look for any special details or areas that we're kind of most concerned about. The general stuff where it's just general wall construction, things like that, those things are pretty common and you get used to seeing those things. But you also then want to pay attention to what's special about this project. Did we have an area of concern during design where we were trying to, you know, cram 10 pounds of things in a five pound bag kind of a thing. And just being aware of those things to try to identify where questions may come up and what you're looking for during construction. 
in quality control, like if I'm being able to review things during design in the CD phase, I focus a lot on coordination between us and other disciplines, but also between disciplines, especially also between drawings and specifications. You're trying to identify those things that just from my past experiences, where do the questions usually or the issues come up? You try to head that off early. So we actually worked together on a few jobs many years ago, several years ago, but they were school related. So I felt like schools always had like this weird asset or facet where you're trying to, because you have to maintain the school. Like you can only work for so many months during the summer months and you're working while schools are open and they're coordinating a lot of efforts. So I feel like the construction administration from the architecture side on those types of projects is so critical to the project's success because there's a lot more coordination beyond what's just on the plan, right? It does. It it can depend on whether it's a renovation of an occupied school or even if you're doing a new building on an existing site where the existing school is right next door, there's a lot of coordination that happens and you need to have a good relationship with obviously the contractor, the owner, your consultants, everybody needs to be on board of being open to the communication and being prepared to answer things quickly. Everybody knows in construction, things go fast. Like, sorry, you can't wait so long to get back to me when I ask a question. I say these things to myself too. So it's not just, I need to do it too. You need to be available. So when do you typically get involved? When Maybe not in your overview kind of role now, but when did, did GWWO and your firm really start getting those construction admin phase key players involved in the design phase? Sometimes it was more successful than other times, but we try to get the construction person involved at least at some point during CDs. And whether that's part of doing a quality control review or at least just sitting down and becoming familiar with the project. That's certainly been beneficial of getting people familiar with the project earlier. And also in our office, and this isn't the case for everything, but we you have pretty open when people are having design presentations. So we're kind of always continually showing the office what things are happening during design. So at the least, people are familiar with what's going on in our office. You may not know all the intricacies about that project, but you're at least kind of get the ball rolling of understanding it. A little bit of familiarity. Yeah. If you know anything about my framework, my five-part framework for quality control, it's about getting people involved and asking those questions, trying to find that best solution because there's no perfect solution to any of these jobs that we ever work on. It's either too expensive or it'll take too much time or I don't have space for that, that it always becomes a conceding effort to what is the best solution, not necessarily the perfect solution. So the more you can leverage those experiences, and it sounds like you and your colleagues are doing that and having some success with that, is to use your experience and leverage it to help everybody out through the process. Right. And it's also being able to, you know, we kind of come full circle a little bit of having those involved on the project be part of it during construction. It doesn't happen all the time. Workloads, things change and everything, which is why sometimes you're handed a project and sometimes you're already on the team and you're familiar and you're getting into it. So it's kind of, you got to juggle all those things and just make sure the experiences can be shared. 
not all engineers, not all architects deal with the construction administration phase of jobs. I think more should because that's where you can really figure out the plans. I hate the submittals phase because that's when I realize the deficiencies in the plans when they, somebody submits something and you're like, that's not what these, oh, it is what those plans said or didn't say. So what advice may you have for listeners who are not necessarily directly involved in construction administration, but maybe they want to get more involved or want to maybe follow along in some aspects of a career similar to yours or transition to that role? What advice might you have for somebody that doesn't necessarily deal with construction administration, but also is trying to do more construction administration? Because it sometimes can be a rare breed who people who actually enjoy doing the day-to-day of the construction administration, right? You're dealing with the phone calls, the RFIs, the submittals, things like that. What I've always loved about it is I like working with people and working through things. I like building those relationships with the contractor, with consultants. No one person knows everything. So leverage your relationships and, and what other people know just like talking to your engineers, I like to have those conversations and understand why things are the way that they are. Advice for me is kind of always be open to listening and communicating with people and hearing what they have to say. It may not be the end all be all, that's the correct answer, but you're having that conversation and build relationships with people because they got to get through this project just the way you got to get through the project. And sometimes those projects go on for several years. So it's like you need to be able to work with people and also just take initiative with things and figuring stuff out. There's going to be questions. Not everything is always going to be 100% correct. And how can you just work through those things, do your research? Don't be afraid to ask questions, but I couch that with do your research and come up with things beforehand and then work it out. Be like, hey, I saw this. This is what I kind of think it is. What do you think? And you go through it that way. That ties into the RFIs. I have a love-hate relationship with RFIs. I love when people ask me questions because my plans might not be clear enough or it all made complete sense in my mind. But when you try to build it, it might not be orchestrated in that same way. When you Receive because you become that catalyst that in between, between maybe a contractor or maybe you're asking questions from other disciplines and engineers or other people on the design team. When you get into RFIs, what are your thoughts on or when it really involves some redesign and then there's like a domino effect where it starts affecting other things in that construction process in time and all those efforts? Do you have any advice on that sphere? I'm with you on RFIs. It's The few biggest things is being clear what the question is. And fortunately, unfortunately, over the years, you know, I've become, I don't want to say negative, so to speak, but I always think, okay, there's something behind this question. They're asking it for a reason. And sometimes I think negatively about that, but it's understanding the backstory of a question. It really does affect how you answer it because you can read a question a couple of different ways. So just being clear what it is. Especially if it's like a conflict or an issue with an existing condition or whatever it is you need to work out, have a proposed solution. Having that dialogue with the contractor is so important because they're the ones out there every day. They're seeing what this thing is. They may already be like, hey, if I just do this, it'll work out. 
But to couch that with what you even brought up, the ripple effect of things, it's following a decision through. Like if you make a change, because you know, I hate changes during construction, but it happens, but you have to follow it all the way through because it can have a ripple effect through your building. There may be some unintended consequences to things that you need to be able to work through. So I think that's also why I put on that lens of, uh, this may be easier for you, but is it the right thing for the project? I mean, we've all worked with different people. There's hundreds of thousands of different personalities out there. Some people are looking for justification for a change order because they lost a lot on something they should have bid differently, even though they won the job and they're just trying to make it up. I've also worked with engineers before that are, well, we're going to meet all the minimums so we can get approval from the agency that because we're meeting an ordinance or a law, but then we'll deal with the details at construction administration and when they're actually building it, which I hate that mentality because that always just, it creates so many problems during construction. But how do you maybe deal with the different personalities and those different and maybe it's the negative thinking, but the ulterior motives to some people's questions and in not necessarily trying to shortcut because I know a lot of contractors that would never shortcut anything. But then there's also contractors that are like, let me send you pictures of what we're doing. And it's like, no, I need to come see it because you're just going to take a picture and that's not really what's happening because it only takes one contractor to burn you, right? What mentality do you approach to that? Maybe you kind of like touched on it a little bit, but just in your role, how do you deal with all those different personalities and ideas and perspectives maybe? I mean, related to like, you know, relationships with contractors, because yes, I'm always thinking there's more to it. And you do quickly, you build those relationships over time through that. You can usually chart to figure out if people are telling you the truth or or what they're kind of getting at. You got to be open to that communication and that's both sides. If I talk about something, I want to be heard as well, you know, and like talk through it. I don't know everything. You don't know everything, but together we can work through that. When it comes to like working with consultants, even internally in our office with different people's different personalities and the way you look at things, I agree. I don't, we only have so much time during design. And yes, there are some times that you're like, okay, I got to put as, this much information on here. We'll work it out in CA. We don't always, we try hard not to do that, but it happens. But during construction in talking with consultants, again, I review their answers when they send things, their reviews of submittals. I'm always trying to watch out for, well, to understand what they mean. Are they actually adding something to the project? That happens a lot where they make a comment and suddenly they've added something to the project unbeknownst to anybody else. But you're just trying to, again, kind of just stay on top of working with them and understanding the importance of where the project is and what stage these questions come in. What can you actually do to find that right solution to keep the project moving? In order to do that, and you've talked about like leveraging your experience and doing in-house trainings and presentations and things like that. We recently reconnected when I did a short talk for AIA Baltimore. What trainings or continuing education have you found to be the most beneficial in that kind of transition between design and construction administration? I'm always kind of watching out for webinars and things like that. The ones I tend to gravitate to that I think are very beneficial are understanding the general conditions of a project. 
obviously it, it's even more pertinent like to architects, but as you know, engineers being familiar with what the front end of the project manual is, the general conditions, you know, set the tone of responsibilities and roles for various parties. And it's just important to be aware of those things and what they mean and how that affects how you do your job. I've certainly done a few things about construction schedules, just understanding what goes into construction schedules and how they can be impacted by various things. Everything you've talked about today has been very insightful, but I want to transition to our power of experience segment. So I want you to maybe tell our listeners something about your career or your time that you wished you knew, maybe you did earlier in your career, or some tip or advice that somebody that listens to this can kind of walk away with a perspective from you on your experiences and how you leverage those things. I worked for a general contractor for a few years. Um, I did as a co-op during college, but then right after graduation, I worked for a general contractor. So I was an assistant project manager and I was tasked with this one small project. It was to do have a generator, a whole house generator installed, and I had to be part of getting the concrete pad poured. Sounds pretty simple, right? Small rectangle, you just get it in there order the concrete, everything you got to do. And I just learned so much from like the superintendent who was there that day. Everybody's rushing to get the form up, the concrete's coming. It's just little things that you learned about what needs to go into even a small project. My lesson, it's funny, I talk about this several times, is don't underestimate small projects. They may look simple, but they require just as much thought and concern and input as other projects. And just being able to be flexible and move with things and just understand that each little detail does matter. So I do think of that often when I stop myself and be like, you got to pay attention to this. A lot of people think of those big jobs or those big things and coming out of college, maybe you're thinking about these massive jobs that you want to work on, that you want to eat and grind your teeth on and get into, but then you're handed a very simple drainage problem or you're handed a very simple construction problem. And it's like, this is so, wow, there's a lot more to it than I thought. When you start looking at scheduling and dominoes and all of that and staying under budget or within your budget and things like that. So I think that's a very valuable insight from your career. So thank you for that. You're welcome. What is the best way to get a hold of you if somebody wanted to connect with you or learn more about the work that you or GWWO are doing? Certainly check out our website. It's gwwinc.com, but also you can find me on LinkedIn. Thank you again, Sharon. I appreciate your time and look forward to continuing to work with you in the future. Thanks again for having me. Please remember that you can find show notes for this episode at engineeringqualitycontrol.com. Just look for episode number nine. There you'll find a summary of the key points that we have discussed along with links to GWWO and also Sharon's LinkedIn page. Until next time, friends, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors. Mm-hmm.